Well, good to see all of you today. How many of you did not have power this morning? Anyone? Okay, we got a few. All right. People are still sitting by us, so you can't uh, smell too bad. But it is good to see all of you, and hopefully power comes back on um, by the time we get back home today. Amen. Well, I'm so excited for today. Every Sunday is uh, it's my favorite day of the week. Um, a close second would be Mondays. Um, day off, but, uh, you know, close second. So first is definitely Sundays, and we're just excited for what God's doing, for just sharing today, um, our coining our Vision Sunday, and so we're just glad you're all here today. Um, if this is your first time, you're just going to get to know us real well. Pretty cool. Um, pretty awesome. I just love uh, the presence of God. Isn't God's presence amazing? That's what we want. Um, so today, the purpose of, of today is to um, look forward. And how many of you love to look forward, right? I'm looking forward to the spring. I'm looking forward to summer. I'm looking forward to a lot of things. Um, but I think it's important this morning to not only look forward, but I think it's almost equally as important that we look back. Um, we all like to talk about forward things, forward thinking. Um, if you follow God's people, the Israelites, um, you see a pattern where in their looking forward and in their moving forward, there was something that God did in them that caused them to appreciate where they were, where they had been, and they built altars to remember God's faithfulness. And so I think it's important for us in New Testament Christianity, living our lives in 2019, that in the process of looking forward, that we were stopping at those altar moments, right? And, and the altar represented in the Old Testament like milestones, things where God, when he would bring them through um, out of bondage, they would make an altar. And so I think for us, it does represent um, a time to reflect, and a time to just thank God for his faithfulness. Um, and so that's what we get to do um, today. I believe that if we do not, um, in my own life, if I don't appreciate where I'm at, how many of you know I'm probably not going to continue to receive God's blessings, right? And so I think it's important for us. Um, I was uh, reading a story in the New Testament this uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, a pretty familiar passage talking about the 10 lepers. You guys remember the story of the 10 lepers? Um, it was in Jesus' day. And leprosy was, um, it was like a death sentence. Um, not only a death sentence, but it was like um, if you were diagnosed with leprosy, you might as well kiss your social life goodbye. Um, you might as well kiss any, or your family goodbye for sure. Definitely kiss your wife goodbye because you were going to be isolated from them until you um, were either healed or dead. Um, so it was, it was a death sentence. And, and I was just reminded of the story. There was 10 lepers, and um, they came to Jesus, and, and they said, Jesus, can you cleanse us? And, and Jesus cleansed them. And the Bible says they were healed, and they went on their way to go to the king, right? Because in those days, the king had to prove, oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're cleansed. You, you know, you can talk to people now. Um, and so... They went on their way, and the Bible says in Luke 17 that one came back. You guys remember the story of the one? One out of ten, right? That's, you know, if you're a math person, you know that's 10%. Uh, 10% came back. 100% of the ten were healed. 10% came back. And, 
And Jesus says to him, he says, hey, where's, where's the other nine? And it doesn't um, record exactly what the dialogue went, but he pretty much says, like, dude, I, I don't know where the other nine are. Um, here I am. And, and Jesus makes this statement to him. He says, your faith has made you well. Okay, and if you read in, in the Bible, first God healed them, and then it says, your faith has made you well. Um, the other nine didn't get that. The other nine got healed. Woohoo! But he was healed and he was made well. And that word well speaks to you will be made complete. And I believe that in that one, that there was something that God did in him where he just didn't receive his healing, but he received wholeness. He received a complete life and a complete heart. And listen, I want to be a church that practices a life of thankfulness, gratefulness to the promises of God that we would receive that same blessing of being made complete. Amen. I, I, I want to see healings. I want to be healed. But more than that, I want to be more made in the image of Jesus. And so I want to be a church that practices the same thing I teach my kids. Be thankful. Be grateful because we serve a good God. Amen? So we're going to look back a little bit this morning. Uh, hopefully you have a uh, year in review book that we're just going to be highlighting just a little bit this morning. Um, but what an amazing year. What an amazing decade. I know we're, we're into February already. Um, thank you for helping us fulfill our vision that God has given this church as a place to see connecting generations to the hope of Jesus, right? I love that we are a generational church, and here's what also I love, that we are experiencing hope, amen? Hope that does not disappoint. Um, so thank you for your support and praying for us, uh, serving with us, and really being a part of what God wants to do um, here. Have you ever been in a season of life where you feel like you're just like treading water? Anyone? Some of you are going, man, I, I'm there right now. Listen, I feel like this year, in the last couple years, that we have not just maintained, but that God is building and God is adding to our church, and uh, we are, are taking ground spiritually, and so we're going to share some of those things um, this morning. Just a few highlights, and I love this one as, as a pastor. It's, it's one of my favorites. The biggest day of the week for our church, right now, you're part of it, this morning, Right now, you're a part of it. We have over 103 people that serve on teams to make Sunday mornings happen each and every week. That's pretty cool. Right? Over 100. Not every Sunday, right? That, we don't need that much help, right? Um, but over 103 people serving just on Sunday mornings with our first impressions, with our worship team, with our coffee. Praise God for the coffee team. Come on. Um, with uh, our sound, with our parents, with our child care. God bless our child care team. Double portion to them, oh God. <laughs> Over 30 people each Sunday morning serving in some capacity to make this happen. That's pretty cool. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty awesome. 
This year, 44 people made decisions or recommitments to follow Jesus and make him their Lord. There was 19 of them on our weekend services and 25 through our kids' ministry and our youth ministry with VBS and with summer camps. I don't know about you. (laughs) There is no greater miracle than that when someone gives their life to Jesus because all of eternity is now different for them and we're believing from generation to generation. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it again. I'm gonna say 44 people gave their hearts to Jesus through the ministries of this church. Let's give God some praise. Come on. That is awesome. 12 people went public with their faith and confessed Jesus as Lord as they got water baptized. Come on. It's okay. I know some of you know me. It's okay to get a little excited around these types of things. Okay, because this is life-altering stuff. Twelve people went public with their faith. Thank you, Jesus. Ministry highlights. A couple years ago, about a year and a half ago, I, I, I just... Uh, Being a a male, I really wanted um, our men's ministry to be strong because, you know, that's like roughly 50% of our church, probably a little less than that. Um, And they say, if you can get men excited about Jesus, then everything's going to change. And and we didn't really have much of a men's ministry going, and we began praying. And over the last few years, we've seen over 35 men, and last year, um, a little under 30 men went to these word retreats. It was a four-day commitment where they didn't really know what was going on, and uh, they spent time in God's word, and now we have a men's ministry that is not only doing cool things, more retreats, but there are men meeting throughout the week uh, that are a part of this church, that are encouraging one another, that are sharpening one another, that are holding each other accountable, and that are saying, hey, I want to lead my family into the ways of the God. Now that is pretty awesome. Okay, that is pretty awesome. And last year in 2019, we saw our first woman's word retreat, and we're believing as they are planning to host one in just a few months that God's doing amazing things with the women as well. We'll take a whistle. Awesome. There's more information about that retreat on our website. Um, You might not get excited about this one, and I'm not expecting cheers over this one, but last year we felt like God said to begin the year with a fast. (laughs) Oh, really, God? Really? Um, And we did, and then this, uh, in 2020 we did it again, but we started in 2019 that God said, I want you to spend time uh, at least monthly calling the church with no other agenda but to pray and to worship and to believe that God would do things that we can't do. And so we started these things called Pursuit Nights. And, uh, you know, I probably say it every other week, my favorite scripture is, you know, my favorite service of the month is Pursuit Nights. Because we come together at 6.30. And it's not just a time for our, our musicians to get practice It's not just a time where I can work out my sermon a little bit because we don't even preach. We hardly have an agenda. But it's a time that we get to come into God's presence and believe that as we pray, as we inquire on heaven, how many of you know God is showing up? 
right? And God is answering prayers, and God has given people words and encouragement, um, and that has been awesome. We have felt a difference in what God is doing in our youth and in our Sunday morning services as a result of the prayers that are going up into heaven and that God is answering, amen? And so we, that's just been incredible. Um, we're going to do it monthly. You'll hear more about that just in a little, little bit. This last year, after like almost 20 years of having uh, people um, serve in a children's director position, we hired a new children's director and she is awesome. I think she's over there. But she, Lynette Kraft, we, uh, you know, anytime you have to replace um, a former staff person that has a really good, uh, has done amazing things, they've kind of got big shoes to fill. The next person, she has stepped in, and we've seen some amazing changes, and just God is doing something through Lynette and our kids. Um, we launched a whole new orange curriculum. Um, it's pretty cool. I mean, this is like one of the coolest things. It's called orange, and it means, you know, if you've, you know, ever colored, you've got red and you've got yellow, right? And combine them, right? Orange. The red represents family. The yellow represents church. So the, the idea is to see them partner together to create a life that would uh, follow God with their whole heart. And so we've been, been loving that. It's been giving uh, parents tools. It's been awesome. Um, so that's what God's been doing. Just a few things through here. Can we give them praise this morning? Right? Out, outside of here, through this church, but outside, over $24,000 was given to local outreaches that exist to reach those out. Backpack buddies who we partner with and support monthly to give kids food over the weekend that don't have food. Our Maple Valley Community Egg Hunt. Listen, it is ran, sponsored, mostly funded through this church to represent our city. The biggest Easter egg hunt in Maple Valley right here. We are so excited to partner with the Maple Valley Food Bank uh, this year uh, more than ever. And uh, just believing that God is going to um, meet some real needs in our community through the food bank. Um, lots of cool things going on um, there. Um, our preschool, we have a preschool. Many of you aren't here on the weeks. And so you're thinking, we have a preschool? We have a preschool with over 50 kids in it. And less than 10% of those kids go to church at Generational Hope. But our preschool has been a light to those who maybe attend another church or those who are just in the community. And we have seen Jesus reach those kids and those families uh, through our preschool. Um, about a week or two, probably two weeks before we were supposed to start, our preschool director goes, hey, I don't want to throw you for a curveball, but I just hired another teacher. We have another class because we have a 20-person waiting list. And so now we only have like a, you know, three-person waiting list. It's like, okay. And God has just done amazing things through our preschool. It's been awesome. Um, world missions. This church supports over seven missionaries or mission organizations that are advancing the kingdom of God to the nations of the world. Over $47,000 was given last year in missionary support and special missionary support. Let's give God some praise for that. You can find out more information about them 
in the, the pamphlet. Some other cool financial goes, it takes, I, I heard it once and, and I, I believe it, they say vision is spelled M-O-N-E-Y, right? Why? Well, that's the question, right? Vision is spelled money. Outside of these uh, gifts that we just talked about, we've been able this year to make our financial commitments to our missionaries and our staff. That is a big thing. When you make a commitment and you're able to follow through on your commitment, how many of you know that's a good thing? Praise God. We were able to do several facility upgrades uh, here. Uh, man, that, remember the snowstorm? You guys see the, the middle picture on this pamphlet? Okay, remember the snowstorm. Man, that snowstorm allowed us to make some uh, major improvements to some fencing and some gutters and some roofs. Thank you. Thank you, snowstorm. Um, and we were able to do a lot of other um, amazing facility upgrades. One of my favorite ones, and again, Pastor Ryan might understand this, but I don't know if many of you will. Um, being a business in Maple Valley, we have to have a yearly fire inspection where the fire marshal comes down here, and they don't usually tell you um, when they're coming because they don't want, they want to catch you off guard. Um, and so they come and they go through here, and some, some years it's worse than others, but usually there's about 30 violations. That's kind of the average. Um, one year there was like 180 where it's like, you know, some are little, some are big. Uh, one year they decided they wanted to go out to our sheds, and this is a bad year. <laughs> They go out to our lawnmower sheds and they see like 30 gallons of gas. They see 200 gallons of propane and two boxes of fireworks left over from the fireworks stand. <laughs> and probably a couple boxes of matches and lighters next, you know, just like, God, thank God we didn't have that. But it's, a, but it's an indication. So my, my story is this. this. Just this week we had our fire inspection. And we have had some incredible men of this church that have made it their part-time, or if you ask them, they may say their full-time job, um, a free job, to, um, to come up here and care for our facility. And we had the surprise inspection, and I couldn't even get my jokes ready to kind of smooth the guy over. We had a total of zero. Okay. And again, that speaks to amazing men that carry the heart of wanting to make sure our facility looks awesome. That's pretty cool. We've been able this year to maintain and not dip into our emergency funds to continue to build our retained earnings and capital improvement funds. Give God praise on an amazing year. Okay? Awesome. So thank you for your support. And thank you to God for being faithful to us. Amen? Okay. Looking ahead, I believe this. I believe great things are in store for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. And I believe that you're a part of that this morning. I mean, so, so looking ahead, there's, there's good things. We believe God is going to continue to be faithful to us. Um, and I'm grateful for God's faithfulness this morning. Several weeks ago, um, one of my heroes of the faith, Pastor Dave Easterly, brought us a message um, and he said that we are entering a season, and I believe this nationally. But listen, I don't just believe this nationally. I believe this 
here, like locally or like you. I believe that for me. I believe this for you, that God is wanting his people to experience his presence and that there is times of refreshing and even a season of refreshing that God wants to bring upon his people where people are going to experience God in a whole new real way unlike ever before. Amen? I believe that good things are in store and I believe this, that I want to be in the center of what God is doing in this city. Amen? I want to be at the center of what God is doing. I don't want to be from the outside Looking in, oh, that's cool. No, I believe for good things. Last week, if you weren't here, um, you can listen to the message if you would like. Um, but I spoke a message, and I, I talked about a story in Second Kings. It was about the four lepers, um, and I'm not going to repeat it. You can listen to it. But, but the uh, most exciting part of the message for me was in verse 9. And um, we have these four lepers who found themselves in a famine, and they pretty much said, if we stay here, we're going to die. If we go into the city, we're going to die. Our only hope is that we go to the enemy's camp, and we may die, but they may spare us. So they took the we may die option versus the we will for sure die option. And they went to the, the camp, and the camp had been deserted. God has caused the camp and the people to flee. And so these four lepers come upon a city full of food, and they begin to eat. And in verse 9, and I believe I have this on our um, screens this morning, these lepers said to one another, what we are doing here is not right. This is a day of good news, and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once. Let's report this to the royal palace. So they went. I love how the message says it. The message says it this way, and you could put that up on the screen. It says, this is a day of good news, and we're making it into a private party. Listen, God is stirring in our city. God is stirring in our nation. God is wanting to encounter his people with his goodness. God does not, is not in the business of feeding people just once and saying, now good luck. God wants to encounter people that they would have a sustaining relationship with him that the rest of their life would be different. God is not, I'm all for all different programs that, that feed people, that do things, but God wants to equip his church that he can cause the church to be equipped to feed people and to disciple people as they grow from glory to glory and faith to faith. Listen, I believe this year, and you can take this for whatever you want, but this private party mindset that may or may not be in us, that may or may not be in you, it at times is definitely in this guy, but God wants to break a par private party mindset that would limit and that would hinder God's kingdom to only think about how it affects this guy or this guy. God is in the business of wanting to feed people and God wants to get rid of all private party thinking. Amen. Okay. In the summer when I was on vacation working. <laughs> Anyone do that? Where you're just like, I'm on vacation. But it was actually felt really good to like, you know, work. And um, God said, Justin, I, I want to do in 2020, read Galatians 5. I'm like, okay. I'll read Galatians 5. And so I read it. I'm like, oh, man, that's, that's a good one. That's where we get the fruits of the spirit. Right? We need some of those in our lives. Um, 
And I felt like God said, I want to reveal to you what I want to do at Generational Hope in Galatians 5. And so I read through the whole thing, and I got confused, and then I read through it again and still thought, oh, man, God, what, what are you doing? And, and, and God said, um, I want you to look at those things. And if you look at Galatians 5, we, we know that Paul was writing to the church um, in Galatia, and he said a lot to them. Um, and, and, and in chapter 5, he said a whole lot. And, and, he, and he pretty much, uh, I would c- cap it off this way. He says, hey, you guys have experienced the truth. You guys have encountered the truth. And how many of you can say you've experienced the truth of Jesus in your life, right? I have as well. And then he says, hey, there's at times where you're not using your freedom to love and serve one another. Because they began to just think about their bondage and and how Jesus had changed their life and that Jesus wanted to do more through them. So there's a lot that we can talk about, and we will. But in Galatians 5.25, and this is where God really hit me, it says this. It says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That is God's plan for your life, that you would not just live by the Spirit of God, but that you would live in step. With the Spirit. That means like it's a daily thing. That means like you're looking to the Holy Spirit to use you as you go to work. It goes on and it says, Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. And I thought, okay, God, that's a good scripture. This isn't the year to, you know, I don't think we have a very envious culture or a, a conceited culture. So, God, what are you trying to say? And I began to research what he was talking about. And, and what Paul was talking about was he was instructing people not just to say they were saved, but teaching them what it means to live life with the Holy Spirit leading and guiding them. And what Christian community would look like because of the relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so I began uh, just researching, and I came up across a translation it was a, I believe it was the Young's Literal Translation, and I love the literal Bible. Do you know why? Because <laughs> I'm a pretty literal guy. Like, it, just, it just hits me right there. And so I want to I read this. It says this, Now since we have chosen to walk with the Spirit, let's each keep in perfect step and in perfect sync with God's Spirit. This will happen when we set aside our self-interests, Okay, and work together, okay, to create true community instead of a culture consumed by provocation, pride, and envy. I believe that this year God wants to dismantle and break any private party thinking, but he wants to replace it with a spirit and a sense of true community. Amen? And you're going to hear a lot more about this. I only have a few minutes today. I believe in doing this that it will not only encourage us, but it will help us sustain a move of God that will reach those that do not know Jesus, that do not have a hope, and do not know what it means to walk by the Holy Spirit. I believe true community will release God's presence during our corporate services, It will cause us to grow in our discipleship, our care, and our love for one another. And it will help us to extend our reach. Amen.
So will you believe this year that God wants to develop and establish a sense of true community in your life this year? Okay, we're going we're gonna to spend a whole number of weeks talking about this. I believe three areas specifically I want to highlight this morning, and I'm going to have Pastor Ryan come. I believe it's, we're going to see this through our Sunday morning services. Listen, one of our core values as a church is presence. And I believe um, in your pamphlet, it says this, and we believe this, that true transformation, change, happens in the presence of God. And we will make a place to experience his presence. Listen, I want our services to be a place where people can easily encounter the presence of God. Well, how do they do that? By me raising my expectation level. By me expecting that God is going to do miracles when we gather together. Um, we, we highlighted salvations earlier. A year and a half ago, or two years ago, if I'm being honest, God said, I want you to start creating a place on Sunday mornings, every Sunday morning, for people to receive Jesus. But God, I think everyone's saved. I want you to do it. And so this year, we, we started Every service, we are going to be deliberate about giving people an opportunity to respond to the good news of Jesus. So I want to encourage you to invite your friends, invite those who need Jesus, because there will be an opportunity given. I believe this, that there's going to be a program that we're going to start, and I, th I think it's going to be called First 40. Because when people come, they all say, what does my Christian walk look like now? And so I'm looking for 10 people that say, I want to be a coach. And I'd be willing to text people, to call people, to ask them how they're doing and bridge that gap to see them grow in their faith. Because let me tell you this, they're probably not just going to grow on their own. And we're looking at, at making some videos that are going to highlight some of the basics of Christianity that they can do on their own. So that they become mature believers in Christ in a timely fashion. Amen. <laughs> that it doesn't have to be, well, I finally know who Jesus is after 10 years. No. Let's, let's get to the chase. So I'm looking for people that say, hey, I want to be part of mentoring. I want to be part of connecting people in their very beginning stages of their faith. It's amazing how many people come to church because they want prayer. Right? And, and I think, man, how good are we? How good am I at, at giving people opportunities to get prayed for? And so we're looking at every Sunday wanting to have a ministry team that would just be ready to pray for the needs of people. In Galatians, it says to use your freedom to serve one another. There's lots of opportunities. I said we have 103. We're looking for 30 more to serve on a Sunday morning team. Lots of different opportunities. There's some opportunities that we shared with you outside of these four walls with the Maple Valley Food Bank. I believe there is a wide and open door for this church to walk through to partner with the Maple Valley Food Bank in a whole new way. Listen, they're doing a fundraiser on March 6th, Empty Bowls Fundraiser. They need people to greet. They need people to serve. They need people to park cars. Um, there's going to be a sign-up to get involved with that um, in the corner. I'd encourage you to go check it out with our Easter egg hunt. There's sign-ups. Listen, we need 100 people, 100 people 
to serve for the egg hunt. If you are new to this fellowship, to this family, I want to encourage you. It's a great way to get involved and be a part of what God's doing. Listen, Sundays are great, amen? Sundays are great. But relationships, discipleship, true community will not happen within the four walls of this place. But it's going to take place through the ministry outside of this place. I'm going to invite Pastor Ryan to come up and share with you this morning. Would you welcome him? Thank you, thank you. So I get to talk about small groups a little bit with us. And I know that that is a buzzword. And it's a word that probably at this church means that we take different seasons of the year, as most churches do, and try to do like a campaign for small groups. But I'm here to try to cast some vision to you of what Pastor Justin is talking about. And that is, how do you build true community and healthy life and discipleship within the concept of a church, you do it together outside these four walls. So I just want to give you a picture, and we'll be hearing a lot of this passage in the next uh, months because it, it goes along with how we're inspired to live true community, but this is a little snapshot of what Christianity with believers and with people outside the church was designed to look like. This is Acts 2.42, and it's called the Fellowship of the Believers. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. And it goes on to say, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, there's a couple of, uh, I think, monumental words in there for us to, to wrap our heads around. That is, all the believers are together, number one, that they continued, number two, not just on a Sunday morning service. I think there is time to come together and hear the preaching of the word and prayer and do the, the miraculous as we do in the presence of God as a in a corporate setting. But then there's a time, there's a different favor and grace that I believe Jesus wants to pour out on all of us as we continue to meet together regularly. I think there is, there is wisdom and biblical truth in that that is going to cause breakthrough to come for us and for people that are outside of these walls right now. I love that it doesn't end with, and all the believers ate together and enjoyed the favor of one another's company, and everybody just got fat and happy and lived great lives. It's after that, when we're healthy and when we're together and when we're in unity and when we're growing together as believers, it, it goes on to say, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That tells me, because there's been numerous prophecies about this church and about this wave of new believers coming in and finding Jesus here. I think there's a reason that the Lord told us, you need to start inviting people into life with Jesus every single Sunday. Because he wants to change the culture here, but I think he also wants to change the culture in our individual lives and in our homes. 
I, I heard a pastor say one time, and it was wisdom. He said, your church grows the more do doors you allow people to walk through to meet him. That doesn't mean that the building gets bigger and we just put, hey, we put three more front doors in. Right? I think we have this idea, this neat, simple little idea that there's going to be this revival that happens. And as the revival happens, people are just going to flood through all of our double doors and just come up to us and go, I want Jesus. Now, I think that happens. I think God can do that miracle. But I think the miracle more often happens because they begin a relationship with you and me. And they say, man, the way that you live and the way that you raise your kids and the way that you love your grandkids and the way that you talk and the hope that, that fills you, where are you getting this from? And I believe that as we invite them into our lives, that's where they meet Jesus. And then they'll come here with us because they don't feel it as a threat. It's not a strange place to them because there's no strangers here because they actually know people. They're connected with people here. I believe that's what God wants to do through small groups in this next year. It's going to be a big part of our emphasis because if you haven't picked up the theme, I believe God is going to continue in this year to build healthy Christianity and a healthy church. And when we're healthy Christians and we're part of a healthy church, this ministry is going to boom because that's what God wants to do. So what we're asking in this season over the next few months is to build some new habits into our lives and consistency into our lives with meeting and getting together with friends and maybe some new people on a regular basis. Uh, so what we're preparing for is in the fall to make this a regular part of our lives and we will kick off a big small group campaign in the fall that will run for eight weeks and then hopefully will be self-sustaining after that. But before that, um, from, from April through August, what we are proposing is we want to do small groups once a month. And I will just put a number on it because I think practical goals and clear goals are good. I think we probably have about three to four small groups already in this church with men's ministry, with women's ministry, different groups that have been going forever, that are going as we speak, and um, they're going to continue to roll uh, and if you've got a group, you like your group, you can keep your group. I promise. Um, but my goal for this next season and Pastor Justin's goal, could we see uh, 10 to 12 groups functioning once a month from April through August? Just once a month gatherings where people are coming together, enjoying the favor of one another's company, maybe getting into the word. But I will say that this is different than past small group campaigns because it will be largely relational. It's not just going to be based off of a Bible study. We will make study options available to you if you want to get together once a month and study something. Uh, this true community series that we will be beginning, we are going to offer a, a, a monthly, basically, study guide that you can go through when your group meets if you, if you need some material to go through. But we want to, the emphasis on these will be relational gatherings where you can build relationship with people that you already know, strengthen those relationships, but also maybe build some relationship with people that you don't know as well that need to get connected here. And hopefully by the time the fall rolls around, uh, we'll be able to launch in the fall um, and we're hoping for 15 to 17 groups meeting consistently this fall. Sound good? Hey, listen, it's priority change. It's lifestyle change. But this is exactly what Jesus wants us to do. If you open up your heart and you open up your life to people, 
it, this will explode. It did in the early church. It will now. So if you're interested in being a group leader, uh, please email me, ryan at generationalhope.org. Yes, I'm asking you to email me, not Justin, um, because this is, this is my department, if you can't tell yet. Uh, email me, uh, ryan at generationalhope.org, and we are planning on getting this kicked off with once a month from April through August. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, worship team, would you come up here? We're going to end um, this, this time and just pray. We're going to sing. Can we sing that highest praise? Can we do that? Because God is worthy um, to receive our praise. Um, you're going to hear a lot in the coming weeks. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to continue our pursuit nights, our monthly pursuit nights. I believe March 12th is the next one from just an hour to 6.30 to 7.30. I want to encourage you to come to that, to make it a point, um, because we're believing that God is not just um, hearing our prayers, but we're believing that God is answering those prayers, amen, and God is speaking to us, and so um, I believe great things are going to happen as we spend time um, in prayer um, before the Lord, so would you stand up with me today? How many of you can say, God, I will receive what you want to do by faith this morning? Come on, that's all we're asking for. God, we will, we will receive what you want to do by faith. Whether you believe that or not, I hope you believe this, that God is faithful. How many of you can testify this morning to God's faithfulness? Come on, let's, uh, let's just sing this song as we close, and then I'll bring a couple of instructions, and we'll dismiss for the day. But come on, let's give God praise for an amazing year, but also for the things that he wants to do in our tomorrows. So come on, let's sing this out.